Welcome to the Seneca Podcast, a weekly discussion of current affairs in China, coming to you from the pop-up Chinese studio here in Beijing. I'm Kaiser Guo, joined this week by David Moser, a man whose reaction on learning that Atticus Finch was actually a racist was to shout, Yes, I knew it! And who, um, despite this, still serves as academic director of the CET program in Beijing. So, David, I don't know about you, but I'm going to you know, sort of intro the, the topic to this week's discussion by saying that I'm just fascinated by the whole process of transculturation. Uh, I've been a part of that process before with certain styles of rock music. And David, you have certainly done this with jazz, and it's something we've talked about before on the show. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assert that the more culturally specific to an, uh, a time and a place that an idiom is, the more interesting or weird or jarring uh, it is to see that transposition, that, that, that mm. transculturation. Right. And one genre of music that I think uh, none, nonetheless taken root in a great many countries around the world, uh, and that is, of course, hip-hop. And today on Seneca, we're going to be discussing hip-hop in China, hip-hop music mainly, but to a lesser extent, hip-hop culture, other aspects of it. And with us to discuss this are two people who are way more qualified than either of us, Jerry Chan, editorial director for True Run Media, which operates the Beijinger and uh, other magazines here. And to talk about maybe more of the, the present story of, of hip-hop in China is uh, joining us again here is Matt Sheehan, who writes for the Huffington Post and who uh, regular listeners will remember from the Brother Orange Saga episode. How are you, Matt? I'm feeling great. Good to see you again. And Matt, of course, I think is probably going to be best known as the, the inventor of what will become Beijing's official cheap, like under $1 cocktail. Uh, which is like eight, eight quiet. That's a little so over. Like a buck well, the, the evaluation now. I mean, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's getting back down there to like you know, the buck territory. It yeah. <laughs> it sure does. It's 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 uh, Baijiu and C. You've got some with you right now. C by C one hundred. C one hundred. Right. Right. It was it was Matt's lasting recommendation. It's both good for you and bad for you. Right. Exactly. You get your vitamin C and you get a buzz. It's uh, it's good stuff. Anyway, um, we're going to be he, – he just actually wrote a, a, a piece in, in the HuffPo. Uh, he was profiling a rapper crew out of Chengdu, two guys, one named Fat Shady as opposed to Slim Shady, I guess. Is exactly. That, that's <laughs> and the other was Mellow as opposed to – I don't know. Not as – Carmelo as, Anthony. Car, oh, Carme, oh, right. Carmelo oh. Anthony. That's where it came from. Right, right, right. Um, so, yeah, let's just jump right in. I guess my, my impression is, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but um, when I started encountering hip-hop uh, with any kind of ma- mainstream appeal in China, insofar as there ever has been, it was kind of mediated through through three places, through Japan, through Korea, and maybe to a lesser extent Taiwan, some combination of the three. It never felt like it was sort of wrapped straight from the tap of, um, of the American sort of, you know, uh, uh, urban centers. Um, is that is that is that accurate? Um, I think... Uh in in many ways, yes, but I I do think that in the eighties, um, uh, there you can trace kind of the initial spark of interest uh, from the eighties. Huh? Uh, yeah. So um, I, I was here. I, I guess it, not the music though. Not so much the music, but perhaps the dancing. Um, oh, well, for sure, yeah, the dancing. Yeah. Yeah, because um, I, I wasn't here, but I did hear some stories of uh, uh, Li Ji, who uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he was the original. Uh, founder of, I believe, the tree. Yeah, the hidden wrong. tree. The, the hidden was tree. called the hidden tree. The hidden tree. Then. Yeah, but um, before that, he had Titanium Club. Before that, he yeah. he, he tried he, a lot of failed ventures. Long but, time. But yeah, he was for sure. He was like he was this break dancing yeah. dude, right? Right. I him think, and his brother Li Wei, they were both like seriously they would dress up in kind of mongolian wrestler looking <laughs> outfits they would no seriously man we went on tour with these guys and they wow. would just get out there and and 
you know. I wish. Do you have video? I'd love to see. I it. do not. <laughs> I mean, if I had video, then yeah. I might have video of me like yeah. doing <laughs> Dung Fang Hong wearing something uh, equally outlandish. Wow. You know, okay. Well, in the metal version of Dung too Fong. bad. Huh? Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, I, I think that's where the interest started because I think in the in the eighties, of course, there was the Michael Jackson phenomenon, and you know, Michael Jackson is because um, he's so hip hop. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, he he's not. Uh, <laughs> He's he, I, yeah. I wouldn't say he's a hip hop artist per se, but I, he's very re- he was and still is very well respected by sure, the hip hop sure, community. Sure. Yeah. And you know he he did introduce the world to several key breakdancing moves like the moonwalk. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So um, there was a movie in the early nineties called something like Pili Wu. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. That wasn't even even the night. It was like late eighties. Late eighties. Yeah. I think I I saw parts of that at. Uh, our friend Christian's house back Christian in environment. yeah that was back yeah. when he was uh, living in the Waijiao Gongyu and I remember we spent one drunken evening going through he, this is uh, the second drunken evening anyway so lots on. of drunken evenings involved here but uh, but yeah Pili Wu I think is the first manifestation of uh, quote unquote hip hop culture in China and I think you can trace that back to the 80s um, I think there was um, I think you know I, I don't think obviously it didn't sweep the nation but you know, if it's appearing on, like, the, I believe, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, anyone out there, but I believe there was even some breakdancing on the, the Chinese New Year Gala at some point. Uh, could have been, yeah. yeah. Could have been. Yeah. It was definitely not controversial. It was a very... Yeah. Know, right. Yeah, I mean, it's in line with the acrobatics <laughs> that you see in traditional Chinese performances, so... Um, you know, and where where did this interest come from? Where, I mean, were they like, did they have VHS copies of Breakdance to Electric Boogaloo? Or? Yeah, I mean, I yeah. think, yeah, I, I, this is speculative, of course. Okay, yeah. But, um, you know, at the time, uh, movies like Breakin, that was what introduced me to hip-hop culture. Breakin, Flashdance with the Rocksteady crew. Um, I don't know if any if you recall that scene. But, I don't, no. Uh, anyway, there's a scene, you know, you, you know the movie's with uh, uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Beals, Beale, yeah, right. like dancing her heart out. But there's a scene where she, uh, you know, she comes across these breakdancers. Passion, and yeah, make it happen. Exactly. Right? What a feeling. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So that really, um, I think movies like that uh, probably made their way over here, and I think uh, you know uh, through bits and pieces of disparate overseas media, uh, this is how um, young people here started paying attention and getting into it. Uh, and uh, I think you know this was the. I, mid to late 80s did they recognize this as as something that came from black america i think so i think so i think uh i mean i certainly i think they michael jackson as an icon of african-american uh music Mm -hmm. um and uh i think that's an interesting point to raise because um i think in the later years um a lot of the younger generations who started developing an interest in hip-hop did start to construe it as something rooted in Korean Hanlil culture. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's yeah. So uh, and I think not everyone was aware that the Koreans were actually being influenced by American, specifically African American culture. But so now, okay, so Matt sent a, a bunch of video links over before, and and one of them that I it's burned still very fresh in my <laughs> in my head was from this bunch of guys in Chongqing. Tell us about this video, and it, it's it's. What was those, called? Those Lao guys, it's called yeah, Shangda or Lao Shangda. That's the group is called Chao Shohui, and this was recommended to me by the guys in Chengdu by Fat Shady and Mello. And the interesting thing about that generation is, so these guys are now one of them's twenty three, one of them's twenty seven. They're all in that range, and these are the kind of the guys who got it 
straight from the tap. Yeah, yeah. They are mm. the, you know, the first generation to have internet in high school. Mm. And so these guys, most of them, in terms of route that they get in touch with hip hop is that they, somewhere in high school, they hear Eminem or they hear Jay-Z, a couple of these like mainstream American artists. And they uh -huh. just think like, this is it. You know, this is the machismo that, that I'm about in some way. And so, um, they, yeah, they're much more conscious of the fact that it's like uh, an American, a black American. It's from the streets. It's from Compton. It's from, uh, it's from these places. And they're pretty conscious of that cultural thing. But it's interesting to hear their take on race relations or on black culture, white culture through this. Like the um, Fat Shady, Chinese name Xie Di, he has two tattoos on his forearms. One of them is, he has Eminem on his left arm, and he has Hustle and Flow on his right arm, which is the, uh, I don't know, movie. It was from, a movie, yeah. Yeah, from like right, five right. or six years ago. Mm -hmm. and it's about it's a guy. It's hard out there for a pimp. <laughs> it's hard out there for a pimp. <laughs> right. Indeed. And, and the, the guy, just, uh, Fat Shady, says to me, like, I think like this, Fat, uh, Hustle and flow and eight mile, like these are the perfect embodiments of the way that like white culture and black culture come at hip hop. You know, like black culture, it's like the hustle. It's like you're just trying to get that paper, make that money. And you know, uh, eight mile Eminem. You know, it's more of an artistic thing. And sort of like seeing how American culture gets like filtered through these kind of twisted mirrors. That's into their lens yeah. is a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, I'd say that's actually quite insightful. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, they're. Uh, David, what about in, in jazz? I mean, was there it was the, see, this is this is the thing that I'm interested in is like how much interest are is there in what uh, in the subculture itself? So I'm mean, like like let's let's say with my experience with the the metal guys, right? I mean, they knew very little about the actual subculture. Of, they 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 couldn't paint for you a picture of who the the your kind of patch covered denim vest you know, Hessian dude at, at, at a, 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 you know, at a Slayer show was actually like, I mean, you know, what socioeconomic class he came from, what he thought about, what he read, how, what his relationships were like. There wasn't a, a real sense for that. And they were, they were really curious about that. But I, I sense that maybe now because of the internet. I mean, YouTube. Yeah, just YouTube, does it. Yeah, I mean, maybe. these guys are like the video you mentioned. It's, lots of show which on It's exactly it like is it, like right. move for move. You know, an American hip hop. It's the like the elbows in, up and down. There. <laughs> but the cool thing is the way they put their kind of local twist on it. So in an American hip hop video, they're pointing whatever gas, Guns, 45s, right. whatever. They're but waving these guys machetes. Have, like long, like Chongqing, like Heishui gangster blades yeah, <laughs> that yeah. they're like putting in the camera's face. And so but it's pretty menacing. violence with Chinese characteristics. <laughs> exactly. Right. No, no, but it's, 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 it's really kind of, I mean, it's, it's thug. Man. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's thug and it's, uh, but it's, 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 Chong, it's Chongqing thug. I mean, it's, it's, you know, they're talking about like opening a, uh, what do you call it? Like a Xiu, uh, you know, like an underground bathhouse with uh, their chicks, you know, where they're not going to give you a fa piao or something like that. So <laughs> yeah, it's this very thug life. <laughs> thug life man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I just love watching that cultural smash. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's that's what I got off on too. I mean, and I, I'm to my knowledge, I haven't seen somebody write a, a rap in in the United States about Uber or. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is funny. Let's talk about that that Uber rap. That that was just that was you know sort of the hook for me for your story. Yeah, that was a uh, that, that was, was mellow. That was mellow's kind of breakout rap, at least nationally. So this came out in sometime I think in middle late May, and it was him. So he lives in Chengdu. All these guys are from Chengdu, and they rap in Sichuanhua, and um, 
so he had this song about this is where the local government, the local police start cracking down on Uber. They raid the offices. You know, they're trying to, whatever, protect the taxi monopoly. D- disclosure, I work for ID, which is a big investor in Uber. Exactly. <laughs> and... Uh, and so I love this rap. As yeah. <laughs> and when they started cracking down, Mello just had had enough. So he told me he went home one night and he just kind of laid it out. And the verses are, you know, the chorus is like, he calls it Uber. Uber. Right, right. Uber. <laughs> and in Chinese, so it was this flow about it actually had some pretty good like social political insights about uh, taxi monopolies, about the way that the local government is just trying to take credit, but they're not willing to let people innovate, all this stuff. But the line that that this is what sent it to the top of the of the Weibo charts. I think it made it to the number three place on yeah. Weibo's hot searches. So but, this is rap with Chinese characteristics about bureaucratic, uh, <laughs> you know, obstacles to 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 disruptive innovation yeah. and business models, technology driven. Uh, yeah. yeah, the line the great. line eventually. So it got shut down. It got shut down. I think within twenty four hours when it was at its peak because at some point he threatens to take a knife and cut off the heads of any bureaucrats who try to stop him from rapping and lay the head at the feet of their corpse. And yeah. so... That'll do it. That, <laughs> that yeah. it's, you know, it's a fuzzy okay. line. It's <laughs> an invisible line, but that was over. That's, you know, that pretty clear over, over that line. Um, so your story about that rapper crew, um, it came in for a little bit of criticism when I saw it posted. There were people on, you know, their Facebook feeds. Uh, actually, Jerry here, you, you weren't like... Uh, you, you, you I was part of that peanut gallery. Yeah, you were, you were a little... So I, I thought that what we would do is um, let you guys settle it with a uh, freestyle rap battle. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no. But the, the general gist of the criticism was, you know, hey, I've seen this kind of like blank comes to China story b- before and, you know, uh, it's always that political angle to it. And it, uh, what, what, what did you feel? Did you, I'm sure you saw some of the encountered some of this. Yeah, I mean, the the blank comes to the headline is what I think created a problem. It says bringing hip hop to mm. the middle. Kingdom, yeah, and of course, which, you don't write. You didn't write that, obviously. So like these guys, if anything, I'd say that they are the closest thing to bringing it to the mainstream, as mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Fat Shady. When his song, he went on Zhongguo Hao Gechu, and he performed his song, Lao Zemin Tian Bu Shangban. And that's, if I ask a hundred of my Chinese 20-something friends, do you know any rappers? Do you, any, do you know any Chinese hip-hop? I think that's the only yeah, one you know. that they're going to give me. And Melo, uh, he got cut off in the early stage, but I think wow. that is the same thing. And so, yeah, the headline, you know, forget the headline. They're not bringing hip-hop. I think the political angle... There definitely mellow is a manifestation of the political angle. To me, what was more interesting, maybe didn't get as much play in the article as I would like if I can just, you know, write my prose as I wish, is the is the cultural angle of just like how much does a hip hop culture and a mentality, which to me is just, you know, it's a chest pounding male you know, sexuality, money. It's it's a lot in that's one side of hip hop, not to overgeneralize, but generally it's a it's a pretty individualistic and uh, it's putting yourself out there in a way that does not jive well with a lot of Chinese traditional culture. With if you want to put Confucianism as the uh, uh, you know the representative of that, so a lot of my Chinese friends, yeah, they're just very turned off by hip hop, and it's something that uh, that Fat Shady said to me a couple times he's just like Chinese people just cannot handle anything with attitude they can't handle anything with individuality yeah yeah you're not it's supposed to be so self-aggrandizing and so right yeah. right yeah, that's that's something that struck me as sort of interesting is that uh, when hip-hop first became ma- mainstream that it could be actually uh, you know inserted into ordinary you know vanilla pop songs it was on CCTV 
I think people are just responding to the surface level uh, rhythmic quality of it. That's that's all. I mean, it just is like, oh, this is a fun new way to do like J like J Cho hip hop or a lot of Korean quote unquote hip hop. It's just da 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 but I, but I think as the, the you know the, the content comes in, first of all, a lot of people were really big fans of Eminem, even though they didn't even understand a word he was saying. They just liked the music, they liked the the, the style and everything. But what's interesting now, and the, the song I, I was I was listening to, this on, a lot of this stuff is on YouTube. I were talking about that. There's this contingent that seems to be wanting to put all this rap out on YouTube with all the lyrics. So I mean, I was listening to what normally I wouldn't be able to understand half of the Chengdu dialect. You yeah. know, but I was looking at it. And and it's uh you know Lao Tzu Ming Nian Bushang Bar you know Bushang Bat Bushang Bat Bushang but the 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 message this is this was his this is rap it's like oh work is so hard I just want to be free I'm sorry for this mind numbing you know going to jo- a nine to five job yeah it's not like, exactly what, what you would a, yeah what the is, fuck kind of rap is this that is right? not a rage of ra- against the machine but or that's the man the thing is, or anything this is like a real trivial com- to complaint to me to me it's a trivial complaint but it's what connects. You know, I mean, the, that song went extremely viral. I had tons of friends recommending it to me because he's talking about he's talking about what hundreds of millions of 20 something year old kind of slump shouldered, you know, Shangbanzu are just they're just feeling their gut. They're just sick and tired of their Danway and they're, you know, <laughs> Jerry, and, you remember when like Flower hit it? I mean, that, their first big hit was yeah. like, you know. Um, it was basically complaining about homework. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Right. Like the, the political uh, or, you know, the political angle, I think a lot of people want to see the political angle. If in At least in the piece and what I saw, the, it's not political. It's just they don't like curse words. They don't like talking about sex and stuff. And maybe, okay, Uber got a little bit political. But, uh, you know, when talk about what kind of angst are most Chinese people feeling, at least the 20, 30-year-old target audience for hip-hop, it's a lot more mundane and everyday than pitchforks going to like Zhongnanhai or something like that. You right, know, they're just right. sick and tired of their mom. They're sick and tired of their dad. They're Laoban. They're Lao Shi. The same thing with Yinsar. They're most famous. Yeah, let's go. Let's talk about some of these other. You mentioned yeah. Yinsar and and, and yeah. also was he was, was that other famous? Uh, uh, there were a few. Uh, I think Yinsang. Yinsang and, the... and uh, early on there was. Uh, there was a group called CMCB. Oh no, I know so, those those dudes. Yeah, right, CMCB. Yeah. I mean, they were Even weird. They weren't like pure. They were like they were more of, like rap rock. There was a yeah, stage yeah, rock, in they were like the mid two thousands when it was mostly like rap rock. And it seemed like right, in the new metal. Yeah, new metal new. mixed with a lot of Rage Against the Machine influence and Limp Bizkit. Right, so there was like new to the Yeah, so a lot of screamed vocals mixed with like choppy raps and you know it, that was a thing right uh I, you know I, I i do think uh matt makes a good point and and uh you know hip-hop is uh, one thing i think that is great about hip-hop and why i find it so appealing is that it, it is so universally malleable um you it's it's just a form of expression yeah uh, it's like a blank canvas you can take it and you can project whatever frustrations or Feelings or whatever you have about well, there's, it. There's Christian hip hop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, so there's stuff that is syrupy yeah. is the worst. Actually, I mean, yeah. the most. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, some it's, Christian hip hop is actually quite good. I've heard. I've heard very good Christian yeah. hip hop. Yeah. Really. So um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. 
There's you, yeah, you know. Why should the devil have all the good music? Don't let uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't let the Christian rock groups fool you because uh, there are actually some very good Christian rappers out there. Um, okay. So anyway, um, yeah, um, I would say uh, just taking it, I guess, back uh, a bit. Um, I think this is. Uh, I think Matt has written about a great scene, and, and I did think it was. You know, my apologies if I came across. I, I didn't. I didn't see the note, but yeah. But uh, <laughs> I actually. Um, felt I agreed with uh, it was a friend of mine who left a comment uh, and I think what I was mostly concurring with was just it seems like that a lot of these editors and overseas publications are perpetually fascinated by the idea of hip-hop being quote-unquote introduced to China and uh, you know I've been reading about hip-hop being introduced to China for years you know decades even right so i think and like i don't doubt that that was you know just a title put in there to, to make it jazzed up well let's tell them something though i mean if we yeah. keep reading these articles about yeah. hip-hop being introduced to china it obviously hasn't really struck a vein yet it's yeah. not in the mainstream at all i mean and neither are so many of the other genres of music that get written about but what what is it is it is it what we're talking about yeah i don't know i've, I've played i played music that i just think is you know it i played like kendrick lamar or something for my chinese friends and they just kind of shrug and mm. just like yeah i don't know i mean obviously not understanding the lyrics is part of it you know you can't yeah. they can't pick up the lyrics in real time but i do i do think that there's a Maybe it's they've been trained by so much like sugar sweet mando pop, yeah. or maybe it's uh, deeper cultural things. What it is, I just think something about hip hop. Yeah, I actually I think that um, there is something about the musical taste, um, the actual, you know, because I've I've had Chinese friends, uh, like a friend of my wife who listened to some of my music at one point and said, "Oh, 我就不喜欢听非洲鼓," you know, so. To her, that's Feijogu, which actually is pretty apt Ask description. drums? Yeah. I mean, well, you know, it's that, it's that gut bucket swing. And, and, you know, for I think for a lot of Westerners who grew up in that musical environment and that tradition, we're, we're used to hearing those kind of cadences, that kind of swing, that kind of rhythm. That's something familiar. It's, but on the flip side, you know, a lot of Westerners may not be used to listening to the grading the quote-unquote grading sounds of Chinese opera. You know, right. it sounds like cats, you know, fornicating or something. But well, I don't see anything. I, I think uh, a lot of it's just very simple. It's visceral. It's just like the way that rock caught on. It's it's fascia. Yeah. You know, the young people, they, want, they, yeah. it does, they don't even have to understand the lyrics. The form yeah. is already the, the, the content in a certain yeah. sense. So the rap, you don't even need to understand it to understand. But but one thing with the, the, the cultural, you know, assimilation is... You know, the, it has to. You know, the idiomatic rap has to have swearing in it, cursing, even some misogyny, perhaps. They not only insert that. You know, oh, first of all, I think it's great that they made the decision to sing these songs in dialect. Yeah, let's talk about that. Rather than Mandarin, you know, that's a one language thing. You know, why, but, why, why? What's wrong with Mandarin? <laughs> well, uh, I mean, we, all of us when we were talking about this earlier brought this up, right? I mean, what what's so difficult about doing it in Mandarin? You know, there there's this impression that. Um, emceeing and flowing in Mandarin doesn't really work. And I, I certainly had that impression before. And, and, and a lot of times I think, like what uh, you were imitating earlier with the, the chanty Cui Jian style, you know, yeah. that's, or the Jay Cho uh, style of quote-unquote uh, rap. It's Mandarin. Ma- yeah. But um, I have heard MCs here who uh, had flow, and they, could, they, they really had good cadences. They, they, they could rhyme bars and... and, and I think, you know, I mean, Mandarin, for one, obviously, is 
is, is, is it's that it's more it's rigidly a, tunnel. Yeah, more yeah. rigidly. But so is Sichuan Hua, right? I don't think. But, I, I don't think it's it's the it's the phonetic features of Mandarin. I think it's a class thing. It's a it's a register thing. It's it's exactly. It's like it's, that's, it, that's I think that's what it is. It, it's like uh, rap, like like uh, you know, uh, black street English. As opposed to sort of standard uh, U.S. middle of the road white English Thanks. is to American rap, what you know standard Putonghua announcer CCTV English is to the dialects of Chinese. You right? can't imagine somebody rapping in yeah. in the Queen's received exactly. pronunciation. Exa- right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. Just rap in what's in what's natural to you. That's the only I, thing I heard from all the Chengdu guys. Is yeah, like I, I, Yeah, it's not. I they're like I, I'm at school and I'm yeah. talking to my friends and they're all like, oh, you're a rapper, like. You know, spit a line or something. He's like, and then we're all speaking Chengdu Hua. Am I going to suddenly switch into Putonghua exactly. to give him like? Well, Kaiser, flow? even even if someone from Beijing was going to do rap, they wouldn't do it in standard. Right, they do it in really thick Beijing Hua, right? So it's the same thing. So one thing that I I, I uh, wondered about, um, I mean, in my own experience and sort of. Um, proactively working the transculturation thing, I kind of recognized that touchstones from the originating culture had to have kind of a good parallel over here for the receiving end to work them out. And when I was uh, sort of thinking about um, what was what made metal work in, in, in the West, what are some of the cultural touchstones of that? It's, you know, it's sort of um, medieval fantasy, Tolkien, you know, kind of swords and sorcery, that, that, that sort of thing. Um, and that has a parallel here in the wuxia kind of fiction, and I tried to do that with some of the, the music that we did. And it, it worked, I mean, arguably. It, and I was thinking, geez, I mean, it, shouldn't it be really easy here? Isn't like one of the big cult, cultural touchstones right now just unapologetic materialism? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's not like that's an absence, in the, you know, yeah. it's not lacking here either, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, probably my favorite in just talking to those guys. My favorite, uh, my favorite like bit of conversation was talking to Fat Shady, and he's talking about. So they they like currently they're in a phase of trap music, which is southern rap. The trap refers to drug dealing, the whole lifestyle, a drug house, crack house, whatever. Right. And he's like. And he go, just goes on this riff. trap. I just think China's just like one big yeah, trap because we got the same thing. It's different. We have all these tu laoban. We have all these you know like coal bosses and whatever. And they'll like they'll kill somebody. They'll kill somebody. They don't give a fuck. You know. Yeah. They'll. It doesn't matter how many of their workers died. They're still like making it rain over here. You know. It's the same thing. It's just like through a different, through a different lens. Through it. Obviously, these the guys rapping are not you know, Shanxi. Coal bosses, yeah. but they they do see uh, this is one thing that's always fascinated me in China is these weird parallels between like the, even the way that Chinese officials like make it rain in their own kind of way, <laughs> you know, with their seventeen with their seventeen mistresses and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, they're they're in many ways living a little bit more of a hip hop lifestyle, except filtered through <laughs> you know Kai yeah, exactly, yeah. So I, I I really like hearing those guys riff on that because it's uh, I don't know. China has a lot of elements of that. It's just in terms of the, the social strata that are participating and the occupations that are participating is a hell of a lot different. How come? How come they they the swearing they do it in English a lot? Why is that? I, I had a German housemate, a dorm mate in college, and he explained to me once why he likes to say the word "fuck" instead of "fich." Yeah. Because he says it just sounds more explosive. It just sounds cooler yeah. in English. So I think that. 
I think that, uh, you know, because all the movies that you watch, all, all your cool icons, these Hollywood, you know, they're saying, fuck shit, damn, you know. Yeah, but they, there's even the one song, was it the... Uh, uh, is they use the word nigger and a yellow nigger my yellow nigger what in the world is going on that's not really going to pass the PC uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's not going to pass the PC test what what are they trying to say well you know I think um, you know this is a very this is a very contentious term you know and uh, you know I think the rule of thumb from what I've seen and heard is it's okay for an African-American person to call some uh, as a term of affection. And they can even call a non-African-American person. But but you have to tread very carefully as a non-African. You know, I think Latinos actually use it a lot. Uh, especially in hip hop, and but no Jerry, problem. That's not the point. I mean, they're yeah. just borrowing it because that's, well, it's but that's the hip thing. That's that's who their icons are. It's yeah, like what you were just uh, saying. These are yeah, yeah. This is their their learning. I don't think they have the the. They don't have the cultural association or the. They don't associate it with that kind of stigma. They 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 just simply don't know that that's don't not know. cool. Yeah. yeah exactly. So they didn't you know, spend don't, hundreds of yeah, years. Yeah, I would not suggest any yeah. of them go to you know, Compton or, or Houston or, or New York and walk around saying, Hey, what's up? You know, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, so, but I think here is just, they just hear it in the music. They, it's, it's just imitation. You say the things that your idols, your musical idols yeah. said yeah. when, when Mick Jagger and the Beatles and everyone was strutting around the stage and sounding like Howlin' Wolf and saying the things that blues stars people said, they didn't know what they were saying either. Well, no, it, but it was—it's embarrassing now to to hear some of that stuff. I mean, even like some of the like the like yeah, what, what, Mick, Mick Jagger, like yeah, yeah. some of some. Yeah, I, um, I think yeah, I, you know, it, maybe it's embarrassing in this case too. <laughs> That's my point. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's almost like what you're Chinese. Why are you quoting this using this phrase "nigga" when you don't? It's not your culture. Shouldn't no, it be they're, they're saying, they're saying, something. Yeah, no, they're saying actually. That that nigga 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 right yeah yeah there I I I just think they have you know they have a direct line to American culture but without context exactly you know they're getting YouTube beamed directly into their eyeballs but without an American history textbook and an American political correctness culture and so what socioeconomic strata are these guys coming from are these suburban these are you know are these working class kids it's they're they're urban kids but I'd say they're Middle class, middle of the road urban kids. I think um, Shedi's parents worked at an airplane factory. They were Red Guards who got sent down. Uh-huh. I don't know what Mello's parents did, but he works as a architect at the zoo. Mello, uh, Shedi's job before he did this, he worked in an advertising agency. He used to stand outside the train station holding up signs, telling people like, "Yeah, that's, if you're that's from not school, slinging crack or pimping, is it's it? Not, no. Yeah, it's not slinging tr- crack or pimping, uh. but." Uh, well, you'd be surprised how many uh, American rappers have quite mundane backgrounds exactly. too. Like, <laughs> yeah, Tupac Shakur went to like drama school. So that picture you know. of him in like a yeah, in yeah. A tutu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Breaks the. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not sure I want to think about that too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- when are we going to see some breakout though from China? Is is that a possibility at all? I think that um, be- I, I think because of the language thing, uh, I don't necessarily see a, a, an MC. Uh, breaking out, but I do think that at some point there will probably be a producer or a DJ. Um, right now, um, there there are there are a few who are actually playing international gigs. Uh, Wordy comes to mind. Uh, you know, he's he's going overseas. Uh, he hooked up with Dame Dash. He went to New York. Um, 
you know, he's. Dude, you know all these people, of course, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, Dame Dash is uh, Dame Dash is Jay Z's original uh, Jay Z's original business partner. Uh, okay. So, um, yeah, and uh, but not MCs because of the language thing. Yeah, I mean, simply, yeah. I mean, you know, you don't. Uh, how many non-English language MCs can you name? You know, right, I think right. the one, the one MC I can think of that kind of got big overseas in a non, in an English-speaking environment, in an English-speaking market who didn't speak English was MC Solar from France. This was when I was, uh, you know, in the, in the late '90s, and that's just because Gangstar championed him. But he had a smooth flow, and for a lot of people, uh, for us too, at that time as hip-hop fans, hearing, oh, it's like, wow, this. This rap in French. It, it, it sounds cool. So, you know, maybe that will happen, but I, I think most likely it'll be some kind of uh, producer slash DJ. What about at least like national recognition, Matt? Yeah, I think international recognition, that's a pretty high bar to set. Yeah, but yeah. Nationally, that's when I was talking to these guys, kind of, you know, most of them, all of them, I think, except Fat Shady, have day jobs. And I was like, you know, when do you think, what's, you know, what's next? When is this going to go mainstream? And they all said, you know, it's basically it's a matter of time. It's five years. It's ten years. But they're doing everything they can to push it sooner. And, uh, I, you know, I think really aggressive hip-hop, that might be a while. Maybe it'll have a subculture for a while. But I, I think that we're going to at least get a little bit, raise the bar a little bit higher than J-Cho or, you know, K-pop within five or ten years. Um, yeah, I would say that hip-hop is something that is feasible. So it's kind of like Panda Express is to Chinese food, you know. <laughs> so, you know. So yes, I, I can see that. I, I yeah, but I, I think I'm agreeing with you here, Matt. Is like, I, I don't see like, you know, a, a song like, uh, you know, like what you would think of classic hip hop um, going mainstream in China. And, and I think it is yeah. for the reasons of musical tastes, aesthetic tastes. I think the mainstream Chinese music fan just doesn't feel it. They don't yeah. get it. You know, it's, it just doesn't speak to them. There, but there is that hardcore uh, niche of subculture yeah. of kids who do. And perhaps that's for the best, I think. <laughs> I think that is what will keep – because, you know, keep it underground, as they say. That yeah. These guys making enough money to, to – I mean, they still have day jobs. You know, but are, they, are they feeling – are they are they able to play shows pretty regularly? They play they play in their Chengdu circuit, and then uh, Fat Shitty plays like a Sichuan circuit. So okay. when, they, <laughs> when he's playing a Sichuan circuit, that means approximately a hundred million people, you know, oh, yeah. in terms of the market size. No, that's not so bad. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, that's huge. Um, that's huge. The, the other guys they mostly hold down j day jobs, but they might make a couple thousand, five thousand a month on gigs if they're really putting Whoa. in time. Mm. <laughs> Well, <laughs> tough right. times for yeah. musicians. Times, yeah. I think Melo, when I talked to him, he had a lot of faith in Jiu Ling Ho. He had a lot of faith in kids of, he's 23, so he's born in, what, 92, something like that. Uh -huh. He had a lot of faith in kids of his generation. He said, you know, when we listen to hip hop, when we listen to mainstream pop, we just, you know, are kind of sick of it, which, you know, that's probably the circles that he runs in. Yeah. But I think they, they, there's hope. I'm I'm perpetually optimistic yeah. about. Uh, but be careful what you wish for, because yeah. <laughs> you know, like I, on one hand, I do think it's a shame that a dedicated artist like, like you know, Mellow or Shady can't. It's a shame that they can't make a living. They have to work the day jobs. They're only making. But on the flip side, you know, uh, look at hip hop in the West today. <laughs> you know, I I may sound like an old fart. I, I'm 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 a conservative rap coalition member. You know, I, <laughs> I, I I just I don't feel it. You know, I'm probably because I'm too much into '90s dad rap. Yeah. But 
a lot of the new stuff is that we call it now dad rock like nwa is dad yeah rock. that totally <laughs> you know uh, I, you just google it it's a, it, i think it was an article in houston chronicle that it really wow. struck a chord with generation x hip-hop fans like myself but um you're gonna go see straight out of compton oh yeah yeah, okay. yeah. uh but uh yeah i mean i, I think that um if it ever does go mainstream, it would probably be for the worst, you know. Um, and it, it, I think there is a – it's cool to see that there is a vitality, that, you know, these, these, are, these are kids doing it for the love of the music. And uh, in, in, a, in their own way, they are – I hate to sound like a cliche, but they're keeping it real. <laughs> they are keeping <laughs> yeah. it real, you know. Hey Matt, are, 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 what's what's foreign attention to these guys like? I mean, I, I know that in the rock scene, you remember, yeah, in, in the rock scene in Beijing, it was almost. I, I don't think that it would have survived some of its bottlenecks if it weren't for, you know, your regular flow of of uh, graduate ethnomusicology <laughs> coming over, right? And, and he would hook up with a Chinese rock musician and then buy him new guitars and yeah. stuff. That was like a steady source of revenue. was our main source of the support. Girl, the, the foreign, the foreign girlfriend. Yeah. Um, what's going on that way here? They, I, mean, uh, it, I didn't see. Do they seize foreigners? on every on every African American who comes through town? Uh, they definitely mentioned they're like one or two Heiren Pengyo. You know, there's Xiao Hei or something like that. So they <laughs> that's his nickname. Yeah. They, uh, but yeah, they mentioned a good number of foreign friends. I was there. I hung out at their like bar hangout spot. I didn't see any foreigners. Uh-huh. It, that's probably just because it's Chengdu. Right. You know, it's uh, it's a big Not city, but their number of foreigners probably one tenth of what's in Beijing. So um, it, it's pretty cool that they have an that. indigenous. Yeah. yeah, they have a pretty indigenous fan base. They estimated that about twenty thousand people in Chengdu are into hip hop in a semi-serious way. Wow, Chengdu is a city seven million people though. So I mean, that's still twenty thousand. He's trying to sell five hundred records. Wow. That's his goal. That's Melo's goal for the new record. Is five hundred records. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so ten thousand was generally considered a decent run for the rock scene here. For when, you know, I mean, yeah. after after the sort of boom in the mid nineties was yeah. over, that's really pathetic. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you know, let's talk, talk a little bit more about the sort of political framing. That's something that that, that in any genre of music we've, we encountered as sort of outsiders, and I I, I feel like it's almost unavoidable um, that that you're going to import some of of. Uh, the assumptions that you have from your own, uh, you know, your uh, I I just kind of came to expect anytime I'd sit down for an interview, or I'd you know see um, my my reporter friends sit down to interview Chinese rock musicians. Um, I mean, and in some cases that was that was completely right. I mean, you know, in Sui Jian's case, for example, you couldn't really avoid talking about about politics, but other bands were just, just sort of incredibly apolitical and i mean you, you is it what, what what's the political content of rap right now i mean is there uh, here I'm, I'm doing this now myself i'm asking i mean is 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 it something that we should be uh, uh, you know trying to figure out about what what rap means i mean you know, rap means a million different things in america i mean hip-hop culture is uh, it, it is. It's everything from that syrupy cat to pop to, to the really aggressively masculine and materialistic stuff. But there is stuff that is, like, you know, extremely socially engaged and, and, yeah. and very, very political. I mean, one of my favorite rappers from the 90s was Paris. Paris. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was all politics. Yeah. 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 Uh, I know, I mean, there are obvious limitations to that here, but as a... <laughs> sort of rough guy what, what, what uh, I mean of the rappers that I've heard or seen or met 
the political content has been very, very low. Mm -hmm. um, Mello, you know, had that one Uber song where he kind of, you know, laid it down. And uh, <laughs> he and he told me that in his other songs, it's kind of embedded in a secret way. Fat Shady was like, that's like usually not a problem. Um, and the other rappers that I've heard from Xi'an, Yunnan, um, it's not a big content. Yinsar was a band, it was a rap group who, I don't know if they're still around, but they were more popular in like the 2008, 6, 7, 8, 9. Right. Um, and they got in some trouble for, I don't know whether it's for explicit political things or sexual things or just saying Malagabi, mm. you know, or what it was. Yeah. Um, but the, the guys that I talked to said that largely it's not an issue. If there's a political component, the political component is just what happened last week. The Ministry of Culture just saying like, you can't curse on your records you can't talk about one night stands you can't have that kind of thing so their ministry of culture is getting itself unnecessarily involved but not because these guys are like fomenting revolt i mean i i you know don't know where i heard this but i've, I've heard the ministry of culture is sort of a, a relatively impotent ministry uh, when it comes <laughs> to the regulation of, of of internet stuff they find ways to insert themselves in less trivial things i mean a, a, a friend say. yeah <laughs> So, yeah, I think that um, the, um, you know, from an outsider's perspective, I can see how, you know, the materialism that's being rapped about uh, would be construed as the quote-unquote political component, you know. Sure. So you, you could say, sure, it is political, inherently political, just in that. Uh, but, yeah, on the flip side, it's mundane. It's quite mundane because it's just rapping about paper and hose and, you know, things like that. Or, so it, it really depends on your, your, I guess, the viewer's agenda, you know. So, so let's talk about some stuff that we should all be listening to. I mean, if you wanted to, to introduce some people, I mean, you, Jerry, you have a couple of things that you would point people to? Sure. Uh, in terms we'll of Chinese hip-hop... Um, there, I think you know. I think Matt's far more. A caveat is I've been, I've been just been on the sidelines. I'm so out of the scenes. But just over the years, um, you know, just some of the the more interesting artists I've encountered. Uh -huh. are, Let's um, go for the, the the Chinese equivalent of dad rap, like stuff. Okay, like dad. Okay, okay. <laughs> because the, these are cynical yeah. listeners here. You well, know, I, I, I mean, I'll just say, I'll just drop a few so hard, names you know, from over the years that of, of 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 artists that I heard or met who I thought were were really interesting and had something. So I remember um, the first uh, really bona fide uh, Chinese MC that I met was this kid named Xiaolong. And uh, he was the first guy who rapped in Chinese who I, who I thought, wow, this, this dude gets it. This, this cat obviously has listened to what to me is quote unquote real hip hop. And, uh, and at the time he was even starting to branch out into raga. So he was developing this like raga flow, you know. Didn't, but he was doing it in Chinese. I, you know, um, I <laughs> couldn't Jamaican even. Chinese. Yeah, <laughs> like a patois, almost like a Chinese patois. But, you know, and but he had the cadences down. So uh -huh. he was able. It was like this dance hall style. Unfortunately, with all the triplets and then yeah, 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 you know. And he was, and it was the alliterations, and it was, it was really, it was really quite good. And I remember watching. There was a, remember Xiaowang? Uh, yeah. He had course. a club called Velvet Lounge. Oh yeah, yeah. Remember yeah, it. remember that was the short-lived. I remember watching him perform there, and I'm being like, wow. Unfortunately, I, what I heard from our friend Christian was that there was a, a drug raid uh, that happened there, and he, he got snatched up, and then he just was never heard from again. Oh, shit. Uh -huh. So um, other, other people I've encountered over the years, um, um, Wesley, DJ Wes, um, he's a DJ, one of the first hip-hop heads I met here. 
-hmm. I actually reconnected with him and ran into him just the other week because he was ha there happened to be a graffiti mural painting contest outside my uh, compound at Shuangjing uh, and Pingad. And I woke up one day and I heard just thump thumping through my window, Gangstar, really wow. loud in my neighborhood. And I'm like, who the, what, you know? And then I walked outside and I walked up the street and then I saw all these kids painting murals and I walked and then there's this sound system set up and the skinny dude, you know, uh, like DJing, scratching. Uh, I you know he, had, he was just playing Mob Deep. And I was like, oh, shit, it's, it's Wes. Uh, so this was a, a, a cat I knew, you know, 14, 15 years ago, still doing it. Um, uh -huh. and, uh, and he definitely, I remember, I remember we met way back, I think it was at, uh, on the corner. There was a club that was next to Vogue back in the day. It was, anyway, he was playing there. And I was like, oh, I really like your stuff. Well, remember Vogue, Basha Bach? Yeah, yeah, of course I remember. And yeah. uh, he, uh, he was like, yeah, yeah. And he was playing Wu-Tang, Cash Rules, everything around me. He was like, yeah, I really like this song. Because all things are money. And I was like, Everything yeah. in the track, it's all <laughs> you know, about money, right? Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, 25-year-old me was like, yeah, man, that's dope. Oh, wow. You know, I w it blew my mind. I was like, oh, I made this connection with this, uh, you know, I'm an ABC and I can't, I'm into hip-hop and there's this Chinese cat who likes hip you know right. so that that blew my mind back then and then there was a uh, another guy named weber uh mc weber um he was uh with uh, my friend rafe uh he uh, rafe is um uh his, his mom is from hong kong but he grew up in cali but uh long time beijing expat really involved in the skate scene here but also the hip-hop scene and uh they used to have a crew together called section six Cool. And they would put on uh, a lot of these section section six showcases. Excellent. And you it give was me some links to put that, uh, put on the. On yeah, the, I'll have to find. Maybe video. there's a few uh, YouTube videos out there. Yeah, and then seems to be YouTube videos of all this yeah. stuff. That's, that's and then cool. finally, I would say the the other uh, you know the other really mentionable person is Wordy. I met Wordy at the section six uh, showcase way back in the day, and it's been really interesting to see how his career has really gone on. I mean, he's he's probably the hip-hop DJ of of note in, around China. Like, he gets big billings. There's big posters. With, he goes overseas. And uh, because he hooked up with Dame Dash, uh, who uh, you can Google him. <laughs> but, you know, he, he's gone over to New York, and he's hung out with the RZA. Uh, he's wow. Yeah, I mean. So the RZA. Like yeah, and so he, 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 he definitely. Yeah, I mean, he's he, and his partner, Soul Speak, um, who's a, uh, he's a, I, I think he was born in Taiwan, but. Grew up in the States, but a really, really talented producer. Um, I hung out with him one time at his house. He showed me a few things uh, about beat making that was really impressive. But uh, these two cats are really uh, probably, like, if you want to go out and see, like, a duo, a DJ producer duo playing hip-hop in China or in Beijing, go see them. Oh, cool. Yeah. Thanks, so, man. Yeah. And, and Matt, you, you actually sent us a bunch of stuff, but you know, if you had to pick a couple of things that you would want our, our, our listeners to, to definitely check out. I mean, I definitely think they should check out, um, what are they called, Bear, Bear, or Brass Knuckle? That one's just hilarious. The I mean, it's, you say it's hilarious, but I'm not sure why I would use that. I wouldn't use I mean, To me, it was truly kind of menacing and like... <laughs> It looks so. It I just, really don't, I just don't believe a thing that they're showing. <laughs> okay, me. Okay. I don't buy it at all. Okay, okay, okay. Um, it, like of the Chinese hip hop that I've encountered, I he's one of the guys that I talked to, but I really think that Melo is has a really good flow and is actually really talented. He became famous because of the Uber rap, which you know, mm -hmm. say what you want about that. I'd say it's 
little bit vanilla, but um, he, I put a couple of his songs up on my SoundCloud, which I made just for this. And the one that I like the most is called Dan Tiao. Um, I can send a link to it. It's actually a diss of some Guangzhou Dan guy. Tiao is, it's like when you call somebody out and challenge him one-on-one. Okay. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and it's a diss of a Guangzhou guy named Big Bug. And huh. apparently he dissed them in his in his WeChat Pungyo Chuar. Oh, he like, oh, sent no. out some diss and they heard about uh, it. WeChat and, uh, beefs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I think I think in terms of actually Uh-oh. I've heard a lot of Chinese hip hop which is you know, it's rap and it's Chinese, so I'm like, Okay, that's cool. I'm down with it. But this yeah. one I was actually very impressed by the creativity of the syncopation and the flow and stuff like that. So that's in terms of one song, that's the one and I'm gonna keep an eye on Mellow over the next few years. We'll go out on a little discussion about transculturation where I started off with. So I have a, uh, my, my thesis, my, what I believe now is I try to avoid imposing expectations of authenticity now. In Mm. fact, what I want to do, I mean, it's hard to avoid doing to say, Hey, that's not authentic. But I think, I think that in the, the, I mean, the way that things mutate and get fucked up by the, the transplant, that's what is interesting. That is like what where the, the creativity comes from. And, um, and and that's, I kind of want it to, to not be a, a faithful imitation. I think it, it's sort of better if the, the native culture or, you know, the, or, or the culture of the originating area isn't so thoroughly investigated and, and uh, Yeah, that's understood. just aping. At that, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like some of the, the best stuff that I've seen come out was stuff that was like in, in almost total ignorance of the original. Mm. David? Yeah, I sort of agree. I, 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 I'm getting a little tired of all of these things coming from the West into China. I'm sort of wondering, you know, when are we going to get something just develops indigenously here? It's just absolutely cool beyond question and starts to be exported virally. When, you know, when is that going to happen? I'm in sympathy with these rap people. But, I mean, at the same time, at any, at any style of music, it's, it, the first stage is always this kind of imitation. You set up a, a, a space with some components, and everyone can do it. They say, oh, I can do that too, right? It's not just the Chinese. It's, it's every garage uh, band, rap, hip-hop band in the United States are just faking or sort of imitating as well, right? So... That's not unusual. And if, if, there's, if it's going to catch on in China, they've got to come up with something that's real, like you said, Jerry, you know, yeah. making it real. Keeping you know, it real, keeping it yeah. Real. It's got to have something that resonates, that's real, that comes from China in yeah. some sense. And, may, and that, that's probably happening now. I don't know. But uh, I, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's happened before, uh, you know, in Jamaica and Brazil. Yeah. Uh, you know, J- Jamaica with Rocksteady and how it eventually became reggae. I mean, uh, uh, the early years, they were just hearing Motown. And uh, soul music uh, right, right, right. from the radio station yeah, signals, uh, and then you know in Brazil you've got this—they uh, call it bass music. I think uh, it's it's from the favelas. They took Miami booty bass, like you know, two live crew, w- essentially what trap is also using, borrowing from, but they added their own their own style of flow, and you know, and it's a huge, it's and it's it's really interesting. I mean, I can't sit around and listen to it all day, but from what I've heard, it's like, wow, that's really intriguing. Yeah. I think in China. It, you know, one could hope it happens, but I think th- there's some big stumbling blocks. Is that you know, well, let's like face it, the Han is an ethnicity. Yeah, are not, I mean, are not uh, jiggy like what what Hunter <laughs> Hunter S. Thompson once said. Uh, you know, Asia was the continent that rhythm forgot, or something like right. that. <laughs> so you know, I, that that certainly applies in China. Uh, but um, I think also in, uh, all the music templates aside, there there really isn't like a there, 
you know, I think this is not true just of China now, but everywhere is like there's not really a, a, an industry, a scene that can support it. You know, where you have all these music clubs shutting down, they're just going out of business. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're music fans here. We just said goodbye to one. That yeah, I we just like. said goodbye to Make a Make Live a House. house yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's been a rough patch for for live music in general in in Beijing, and and you know you don't see like like in the like in these other markets they had these record labels, these indie labels, these these self sustaining studios, people. So you know, but now we're in the internet area, so that might be an equalizer because you can just buy some equipment on Taobao and and still yeah. record in your bedroom. But there, I don't, you know. But now the whole business model has changed, right? right you you right, can't right. just sell mixtapes or cassettes out of your car anymore to right. support it. So it'll be interesting. Well, but you yeah, you get some neon wire. You yeah, make a little sign that says Wu Chu instead of cross from Gong Ti. Exactly. Yeah, I I always found those guys interesting. The guys with playing the cheesy Euro house music oh, out of the boom boxes yeah, and yeah. selling those those yeah. pirates. That's like a thesis yeah, you right there. You never have you a know? fragmentation <laughs> grenade when you need one. So, but yeah, hopefully, David, um, what you said may happen. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe yeah. some some ten years from now they'll hybridize something interesting yeah. and it'll be recognized as a Chinese contribution to pop music. All right. On that happy note. Mm. Uh, thanks, Jerry. Man, Thank you. Good to, to have you in yeah. and, uh, and, 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 and to chat. And Matt, man, uh, everyone uh, will put up uh, obviously a link to, to Matt's piece and to, to all the stuff that he's written on, on uh, your trip to Chengdu. What else, is, what's, what else is coming out of this? There's a Frisbee story. Um, I had one on a guy named Huang Qi there, the guy who founded Liu Si Tianwang. So a human rights activist, but one who works explicitly on like Chai Qian on demolition. So he's a very interesting guy. Got one on old World War II soldiers, Conger soldiers who got trained by the Americans, and uh, wow. one secret one that I'm gonna keep wow. in my back pocket. All right, keep it in your back pocket, but <laughs> let us know, and when it's ready, you come back on the show and talk about it. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that we, we've we've had plenty by way of recommendations. I mean, do you want to throw something in real quick, recommendation-wise, David? Do you have something, or do you want to just uh, wave? Yeah, well, something I just discovered few days ago probably some people knew about it is this supposedly a a lgbt queer chinese tv show uh, what? Uh, what? Yes, what what absolutely you didn't, right, know, you didn't right. know about this either no oh. i did not know about this either okay well it's called rainbow family uh, in the, ch- the chinese uh, name is modern right and which sort of means uh, uh, you know the, everyone in the room is affirmed or, or something or is like, like validated yeah, or something the, yeah you know, like zan, zan, yeah right like thumbs up so so i watched it it's actually on yoku it kind of sneaked into the the, the 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 media world um and it's billed as you know the first and in fact it's on it's on uh and it's, youtube it's, in the chat with the english subtitles of people I'll, we can put a link on the site can put the English subtitles on wow. Yoku, but it's also, I mean, on uh, YouTube, but it's also available on Yoku. There's like, I don't know how many, 10 or 12 episodes or something. And I watched a couple of them. It's terrible. <laughs> but, but. It is awful. Shock. It but, is, but it's groundbreaking, right? Mm-hmm. It's groundbreaking, but it's stereotypical. It's, it's pandering. Mm. It's cretinous at every level. It's acted terribly. But I was fascinated. Mostly because it's gay people, right? (laughs) (laughs) Ew, God. It sort of of makes you, yeah, the ick factor is, boy, this this show sucks. It's it's not that they're gay, it's that they're terrible. Anyway, I would would suggest you watch it, just out of curiosity. Uh, It's not going to go down in the annals of, you know, Chinese TV. Well, maybe it will go down in the annals of Chinese TV history, but not for its artistic 
qualities, but only for its uh, political ones. But it doesn't seem to have caused much of a ruckus, which is actually good. I thought was a good thing because yeah. in China I've always said, you know, people don't care about that here. They don't. <laughs> it's a very yeah. Judeo-Christian yeah. thing, and, and mm. it's like, oh yeah, gay TV show, yeah, cool. Why not? You know, nobody censors aren't you know on the rampage. So there you go. All right, guys. Hey, well, thanks. Thanks again. And um, and uh, we're, we're back in business, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.